You're listening to the Fervent Church Podcast, a church in the Austin area who exists so that people may know Jesus. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged, challenged, and strengthened in your relationship with Jesus today. For more teachings, information, or to support our ministry, please visit fervent.church. We pray you're blessed by the message. Father, we thank you that we can come here again. We pray that you would just make yourself known. Lord, your presence is, I hope that it could be felt by each and every one of us, that we would have an experience with you tonight at the Fervent Church. Lord, we pray for our kids as they are gathering together. We pray that you would bless them as well, keep them safe, and that you just bless this overall and have your way again as we have asked before. But we just praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So. Again, good evening and welcome to the Fervent Church. This is day one, and I don't know if you're excited. Are we excited? Yeah, yeah kind of. We're like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm pumped up. This is like a dream come true. Me and my wife, um, like some backstory, like this is probably three or four years ago um, that God started stirring our heart up to do something. So we got married five, a little over five years ago. Um, and so God started stirring our hearts. I remember when we were dating, I asked her, I said, do you love Jesus? Are you on fire for, like, for God, like willing to do whatever he calls us to do? And I asked her that because I felt like, for one, I need to know, is she really down for Jesus? Because if she's not, like, let's just end this right here. Um, but for two, I just felt, I mean, honestly, kind of my whole life, that God is calling me to do something. Maybe it's to go on to Africa on a missions trip and live there for the rest of my life. Maybe it's to start a church. And that's what we found out that God is calling us to do, but I just had this stirring in my heart. It's like, I need to know, like, are you willing to do something crazy and reckless for Jesus? And so she said, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm on fire for him. And she actually said, uh, the only place I don't want to go is Africa because Ebola was the COVID-19 of that day. Um, But anyway, so that's all she said. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I can work with that. And so we came out, we started, well, we started praying whatever God would want us to do. And so we led the young adult ministry at our church. And shout out to Calvary Tucson. I hope to put, yeah, we got one from Calvary Tucson right there. But Calvary Tucson is our sending church. If you know anything about Calvary Chapel, I mean, really, basically, in a nutshell, is there verse by verse, chapter by chapter. They're all about God's word. No, like fanciness or anything like that just God's word and God's Holy Spirit and it's an amazing thing I will say we are not a Calvary Chapel but we were definitely sent out from them and I'm very Calvary Chapel like because that's my pastor was verse by verse chapter by chapter so I'm not going to be much different um, so shout out to them um, but we led the Cal or the young adult ministry there for six years um, it was pretty awesome, fun times. It was exciting, it was fruitful, but probably the most um, maybe concerning or scary thing of all was that it was comfortable. It was comfortable. I think if we ever get comfortable in life where we're at, where we're like, I really like life right now, I don't really want anything to change, that's a dangerous place because God is always trying to grow us. He's always trying to, to teach us something new. You know, like if you gave your life to the Lord 10 years ago, hopefully your life looks a little different now, right? If it looks the same, are you, are you really growing? I don't know. So I think when we get comfortable, it's a dangerous thing. But, um, but yeah, God stirred us up. Um, we started talking about it, praying about it. And then as we kind of, through prophetic moments, through some friends and pastors just laying hands on, on us and speaking things to us, it was really confirmed as very clear that we're supposed to go plant a church. So then the question was, well, where do we go? 
Um, we went to Salt Lake City on a trip just to check it out. We said, hey, maybe this is the place we want to go. And we went there and it was a cool place. And don't get me wrong, but we were just left there kind of thinking, no, I don't think this is it. Um, there's other places that were in our in our prayers, um, Seattle, Washington being one of them, where we're like, well, it's maybe Seattle, Washington, maybe that's where we're supposed to go. We prayed about it, and we just felt like, no, that's not where we're supposed to go. And and honestly, I'm just going to be brutally honest with you, and no offense, okay? How many of you are like Texas born and raised? Anybody in here? Okay, we've got two, three, four. All right, my wife actually was born here. She wasn't raised here. But anyway, so when we were coming here for her cousin's uh, wedding, and she's like, well, what do you think about Texas? And I just said, no, no, we're not going to Texas, you know. In, in my mind, it wasn't anything against Texas that I didn't like. I just thought, like, everybody in Texas is a Christian. Like, why am I going to go there and preach to the choir? That's kind of my thought, and and, um, and I guess the thought of no mountains scared me, too, and I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but we came here for their wedding, and I was like, you know what? This is a pretty cool place. The people are pretty cool, and it's actually up in Dallas. And so we just started to pray, okay, God, if Texas is where you want us to go, just continue to just kind of solidify this in our hearts. So we prayed through it, um, and sure enough, like, as we prayed, God just kind of led us to Austin. As we got to Austin and we started looking for housing, I was like, nobody, I don't know how anyone affords to live in Austin. I mean, good for them, but so, but we ended up in Hutto, and that's where we're here. And like, God literally just moved and weaved everything together. I could go on for days, seriously, telling you about the God moments where we're like, God, like, how are we going to get through this? This is... And I'm sorry, I'm just going to, I should use my notes and stay on track, but I'm going to go off. I'm excited because um, God has done so much to get us here. Like we moved here on March 11th and you guys remember what day that was? Does that ring a bell anything? Anybody? That was the day the World Health Organization said that COVID-19 is a worldwide pandemic. And so we moved here. Everything's good. We moved from Tucson, you know, with me and my wife, our kids, we have two kids. Um, and then it was one of my best friends and then her mom and dad driving out to Texas. Oh, everything's good. Sure, COVID-19 is like a little something, but it's not a big deal, right? And anyways, we get here. My friend goes to the grocery store, gets something to drink, comes back home to our house. And mind you, we bought a house too, which is like, how did we buy a house? I don't have a job when we moved here. Um, and so I don't know how that happened. How do you buy a house and you don't have a job? It was, it was God. So we, buy a house, uh, we bought a house. We moved out here. Um, and then uh, my friend goes to the grocery store, comes back and says, dude, you have to go to the grocery store. I was like, oh, yeah, we will tomorrow, man. No problem. He's like, no, like, you need to go there right now. And I'm like, what's the big deal? And anyways, he's like, everybody is buying everything. He's like, there's no beef. There's no chicken. There's no Gatorade. You can't buy rice. You can't buy peanut butter. It's all gone, Nick. <laughs> I'm just thinking, all right, this is pretty serious. Like, because meanwhile, we're driving 14 hours, the whole world's going crazy and taking everything from the grocery stores. So that's the day we moved out here. What an exciting day and <laughs> great time to come out here. But again, just so many things that God has done. And so I don't have a job at that point. I'm like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Um, well, I actually had a job. I had the interview the Wednesday after COVID-19 was announced as a pandemic um, or the Friday after. And then they said, yeah, we'll start you on Monday. And so Monday rolls around and then I get an email and they say, actually, we're on a hiring freeze because we don't know how this whole COVID thing is going to pan out. So we're really sorry. And it's like, oh, great. Um, well, anyways, back to square one. And so long story short, I got a job at FedEx and God has shown his hand in that. And, and it's just been amazing. So to get us to this point tonight, what I'm trying to say, like, this is just my um, 
view of it, but I think every person on our team can testify in some way or another that like tonight is a miracle. It is a working of God. And can I just, can we get a shout of praise for God right now? Like, thank you, Jesus. You are incredibly faithful. You are good. Oh man. And again, I could preach a whole series on just the God moments, but I won't do that tonight. But tonight you are part of history in the making. You get to see everything from day one. If you hang out with us for the next week, months, years to come like you'll get to see transformation happen like hopefully next week we'll have this thing working that's gonna be some transformation it's gonna be good um so i just i'm just incredibly ah, incredibly excited um so who we are we're the fervent church and maybe you guys are like why the fervent church and really basically and we had a video that was going to go with it that one of our team uh members melissa she put together spent a lot of time it's really amazing but we'll get to show you next week um, but one of the verses is Romans 12, 11, and it says, Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. And so something about that really just struck me one day. I'm reading through it I'm like fervent. Man, I like that word. What does it mean? I start to dig into it. I look it up, uh, start to read different things about it in the Bible. And so it really just means to be hot. Like you're on fire. You're, and it's not just like, oh, I boiled up and boiled over and then I cooled off. It's like, no, I'm continually hot. It's like I'm burning with passion, with fire, just with an intensity. And it's not slowing down. So something about that verse, I'm like, do not be slothful in zeal. So in other words, do not be lazy. And I like that. It's like, just don't be lazy in life, right? It's like, there's a message for us if you need that today. Just don't be lazy, work hard. But then he says, be fervent in spirit. I love that too. It's like be fervent in the spirit because everything, and we'll learn this a little bit tonight in our text, everything apart from God, like it won't last. Like you can be fervent for a minute, have some passion and be excited about something, but it's not going to last. And even if it lasts a little, little while, it won't last for eternity. I can promise you that. But be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. And so that's really what we want to do here at the Fervent Church. We don't want to be lazy. We want to give God everything that we got. We want to give him our best. Um, we want to give him just our passion, all of our energy, like all of our strength. Like, Lord, you got us here. We just, we owe it all to you. So we don't want to be lazy. We want to be fervent. And something about fervent and just to paint a picture, like you probably know that person at work or school, or maybe it's even a relative, you know, who has a, there's an idea that they're super excited about, but you're like, that's the dumbest idea I ever heard. But like, they're so passionate about it. And you're like, it just draws you in. Like, I just want to hear more. I know this is a dumb idea and it's not going to work, but just tell me more anyways. It's like something about someone being so passionate drives you in to just, you want to hear more. And we really hope that that's part of what happens here at the Fervent Church, that people would see our love for Jesus and our love for people and that it would draw people in and that God would just start to transform them into the person that they want, um, want them, that he wants them to be. And so we desire to be fervent um, in everything that we do so that people may know Jesus. And so you guys probably saw that as you guys came in. Um, we have some of these shirts available. And if it's your first time here and you don't have one of these shirts, um, it's on us, on the house. Take a shirt um, with you, our gift to you. Um, so, but yeah, we believe that this is what it's all about. Life is all about people knowing Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know much. Can I just get an amen if you know that? If you, if you, you can testify with me. Um, so, I already said a bunch of this stuff. This is what happens when I get off my notes. Um, let's see here. Sorry, guys. Um, last few things here what I'm going to say is so being a Calvary Chapel or a 
sent out from Calvary Chapel. We, one of our values, and if you check out our website, fervent.church, you can see some of our values on there. And it's really things that we want to be true to. And so we want to be a place where anybody can come hear from God. We want to be accepting of all walks of life. It's like, cause we just believe that's what Jesus does. Like you see in Jesus, he accepts everybody. Um, but then one of our values is that we want to see transformation. So he accepts them to not stay the same forever. But then one of our values is that we're rooted. We're rooted in God's word. And so, again, that's where we're going to find God. That's where we're going to find his purpose, his plan for our life. Like if, if you want to know why you were made and you want to know something about God, like you need to look to the Bible. And so you're going to learn um, real quick, if you guys are with us for the next weeks, months, years, now we're just going to go through the Bible pretty much verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And when hard topics come up, we're going to address them. And so some of these, our team members, they are part of our young adult ministry. And they can testify that I'm, I don't shy away from hard topics because I think it's important that we work through them and don't just ignore them. Right? right? There's real issues in the world that are happening. And if we just kind of pretend like it's not happening and we're just like, ah, well, we're just going to keep, you know, um, doing our thing over here. We don't address the issues biblically and like what does God say and how should we respond I think we're we're doing a disservice to ourselves so we're going to go through the Bible and we're going to talk about everything that God talks about um, and it's just I think it's incredibly important and I, one thing I've noticed in Texas is that y'all can I say y'all is that okay <laughs> y'all like to eat and you guys like to eat good like barbecue like come on man like there's some good barbecue out here um, not like there is a good barbecue place in Tucson, but only one. Um, and the rest of holy smoking butts. Yeah, see, there's not very much else. It's like, that's, that's one of the only places. But anyways, you guys like to eat. And so what we want to do with the fervent church, we're going to eat spiritually. Like God, Jesus says, the man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And man, we, over time, hopefully we'll cover every single verse and every word that comes from the mouth of God in the Bible. That might take 20 years, but hey. Um, that's what we're here. So with that said, being rooted in, in scripture and just placing a high emphasis on God's word, we do want to ask that we keep this a distraction free environment. Just silence your cell phones if you haven't already. Um, you don't have to turn them off because again, if you have kids or someone that you're waiting to hear from, um, uh, keep it on, uh, train, keep the trains down, please. Someone tell them if we're having church, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, how cool is that, though? When we moved here and we heard a train, we're like, that's so cool, man. Um, but now that I'm preaching God's word and the train's going, it's a little weird. Um, but what we're going to be is in Genesis chapter 1. You guys ready to get into the first study of uh, fervent church history tonight? Genesis chapter 1. Uh, and this is where we're going with this. Is we're going to do a short mini-series called In the Beginning. Um, obviously, this is the beginning of the fervent church. Um, so all things have a beginning. You guys, luckily, lucky for you, get to be a part of our beginning here today. But we're going to look at the beginning of everything tonight as we look at Genesis chapter 1. And so that's where we're going to start Genesis chapter 1. Let's pray again and we'll get into scripture. So just thank you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness, your leading, your guiding, your providing to get us here tonight. Thank you for this space. Thank you for the staff who has allowed us to come in here and to transform this space into a sanctuary to meet you and to just fellowship with you, God. We ask that you would fill this place with your Holy Spirit, God, that you would teach us, that you would transform us and lead us to live a life fervent for you so that people may know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So Genesis chapter 1 is where we'll be. And today, or tonight's message title is called, In the Beginning, God. In the Beginning, God. If you take notes, um, which I would encourage you to do, it just helps me kind of pay attention more. But in the beginning, God, all right? So everything, right, and you guys know this, but everything has a beginning, right? You would agree with me. Everything has a beginning. This church today is the beginning, of the fervent church history. I mean, there's backstories and things and works that work that's been put in on the back end, but really, as far as officially speaking, this is the beginning. If you have a job, there was a day where you started your job and it had a beginning. You didn't just start out and like everything was just good, right? You had to start somewhere. There was a beginning. If you have kids, how many of you had kids, right? Um, there was a day where uh, it was a long day where you lost some sleep, you lost a little part of your life, right? And you just, a little part of you that you'll never really get back, but you gain one of the best and greatest blessings that God gives a child, a newborn child being born, the beginning of life. Your life, you know, has a, had a beginning. Your marriage had a beginning. Everything has a beginning. But as we look to scripture tonight, where, where's, you should look when you're looking for truth, um, we're going to see that there is one thing, or I should say one being, who did not have a beginning, who does not have a beginning, and that is God. God. Read with me Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the beginning, God. So we believe here at the Fervent Church that God is eternal. God is eternal. He always was. Some verses just to kind of highlight that. Isaiah 40, 23 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Jeremiah 10, 10 says, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. And this one's my favorite, Revelation 1, 8. This is God himself saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. We believe here at the Fervent Church that God is eternal. He always has been, he always is, and he always will be. All right, isn't that just crazy to wrap your mind around? I think tonight what we need to understand is just like God, it, He isn't, I don't even know how to explain it because He's so outside of our realm. Maybe the best way to put it is this, is we are bound by time. Like we can't get out of it. It's like it's an inescapable reality where it's like you try to think about like, oh, well, what would life be outside of time? And you're like, but I wonder what I would do all day. It's like, well, what do you mean all day? That statement in itself means that you are in some type of time restraint, right? We can't get outside of it, but time to God is, a, is somewhat of a tangible element that he holds in the palm of his hand, says that he spans the universe in his hand. And so for God, he's outside of it. It doesn't make sense to us, but it's, it's the truth. And I just love that about God, how he just leaves us in awe a little bit, where it's just kind of like, I don't understand it, but, uh, but it just draws you into his presence where you just, you're in awe. He's an awesome God. God had no beginning. Nothing created him. He is eternal, everlasting. Our life, uh, although our life on earth as we know it, it won't last, right? 
people in your life, and I'm sorry to break the truth to you, uh, they're going to let you down, friends, family members. There's going to be a day where the person you thought that you could count on forever in any situation won't be able to be there in that situation. But God always was around. He always is around. He always will be. And that's why he's faithful. That's why scripture talks about how faithful and good God is and that he is here. He is near to the brokenhearted. He is near to you. He wants to comfort you. And Jesus says, behold, I am with you till the end of the age. Like he doesn't leave us or forsake us. That's why you can trust him. So he says in the, in the beginning, verse one of chapter one, in the beginning, God, I think that's a statement that we have to wrap our mind around when you start to understand. People out there will tell you that there is no God, that he doesn't exist, that he, it's just a made-up thing, right? And then scientists these days, they'll even try and tell you, like, oh, well, we can manufacture life in a lab. One of my friends who's also a pastor, he was teaching through Genesis, and he shared this story or this joke about how God and a scientist got together. Right, And so they get together and the scientist says to God, like, oh, I can, we can create life like you, God. We don't need you anymore. God says, oh, really? Well, let's see. And so the scientist goes out and he grabs some dirt and he comes back and then God says, whoa, 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 wait, wait. You got to get your own dirt. And see, see, the thing is, it's like scientists, they're going to take what we already have, right? We can't escape matter, right? You can try and say that, oh, this is nothing. You take this air around us, there's atoms, protons, neutrons, I don't know all the fancy names, I'm not a scientist, help me out if you are, but there's things, there's oxygen at least, right? That's the truth. Um, There's things there, we can't escape, we can't escape matter. And so again, people will try and tell you these things, but this is a fundamental foundational truth for you and I and everybody out there that we need to come to grips with that in the beginning, God. He always was, always is, always will be. If we can't understand that there is a God who is almighty, knows everything, that he created you for a purpose and a plan, like life is going to be so meaningless, right? It's like my question for atheists is just like, but I don't know, it just blows my mind sometimes. I think if I was an atheist and truly didn't believe in God, like I'd be out there just robbing banks, doing whatever I wanted to do. Like, why not? Why not? Like, right? But they have some type of moral compass in them that keeps people from doing that stuff. It's like, well, why don't you just do bad all the time? If life doesn't matter and it was an accident, right? But, but anyways, God is, he, he's from the beginning and he's, al- he's always been here. Uh, any of you guys watch the news nowadays? I don't know. But anyways, I, I watch the news from time to time, and I follow this guy who he's actually very involved in everything, news-related, politics, just all over the world. Um, and he posts stuff like every day, Monday through Friday, just news updates that you wouldn't know had, had, if you just watched like ABC or something. Um, but he, he posted like recently is that the, the rioting movement's going on right now. He says that, that this movement, if you will, has created the most destruction, like in damage and money, um, the, the greatest ever in American history. And that's just interesting, right? Just, so that's part of the news that's going on right now. We have political injustice, right? Like both political parties are just saying everybody um, sucks and that guy's terrible and that person's a liar and they're a cheater and whatever, you know? And so we got all that stuff going on. Uh, we got crazy stuff, people killing people, right? going on we another one going on right now sex trafficking i think it's been going on but it's something that's coming to the surface and we're starting to realize this is a huge 
problem, right? COVID-19 information on the news, it's ever-changing. We don't know what to believe about it. Is it super contagious or is it not contagious at all? Did everybody die from COVID or only a few people died from it? Is it even really a thing? I don't know. That's how how I feel when I finish watching the news. I'm like, we never came to a conclusion. I don't know what to believe. But we have racial injustice happening. We have lawlessness abounding. And that's something that Jesus actually said in Scripture. He said, in the last days, lawlessness will abound. He says that the love of many will grow cold. And don't we see that right now happening? We see the love of man growing cold. People don't care about each other. I'm not saying that's all of us in this room, but in general, you look to the world and it's like everybody cares about themselves. They're trying to make themselves better, themselves rich, do whatever they want to do. We see lawlessness abounding. And again, as I watch the news, I look into the world, I think, man, I see a world that desperately needs to understand that there's a God who loves them, who died for them. He resurrected on the third day and he wants to give them eternal abundant life. But if we can't come to grips with just the first line of scripture, man, it's going to be so hard to come to grips with it. He, that God died for you, loves you rose from the dead, and he has a plan for you. So that's why we start here tonight. It's like, because if we can't understand that in the beginning, God always was, he is here, he has a plan, then it's going to be incredibly hard to take on the rest um, of of Scripture. I mean, without God, we, we fall apart. Without God, our morals fall apart. Without God, our country, our world falls apart. Genesis 1 and two, he says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In the beginning, God, he, again, he's always there forever will be. In the beginning, the earth was formless and void. And I think you should take note of that, underline that maybe if you have a pen and you have your Bible. It was formless and void. And then in the beginning, the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the of the waters. Why do I point those things out to you? Well, when we look towards the beginning of something in church for us here, we see somewhat of a, like a formless and void. And the principle that we start to see and understand is that God is a creator. And we're going to kind of emphasize that here in the next few minutes is God is a creator. He takes what was nothing and he makes something out of it. He takes what was purposeless and didn't really have meaning, and he gives it purpose, and he gives it meaning, right? And so, um, formless and void, sorry, I lost track, the train was going off again. Formless and void, uh, I think many of our lives, every, every one of our lives started off formless and void, right? I think some of our lives, even maybe in this room today, if they look more like Genesis 1-2 than like Genesis 1-1, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, right? And we're like, oh yes, praise God. But then we get to Genesis 1-2 and it says, but everything was formless and void. And that might describe you more than the first verse. Formless and void, like I don't have purpose. I don't feel like I have meaning, right? I know that I've been there and as... You guys kind of come back each week and you learn more about the fervent church. You're going to know more about me, right? I like to be real and I know for a fact, and and I'll let you know, here's a little secret. All of us at the fervent church, we are not perfect people. So if you're looking for the perfect church, 
You might want to visit someone else down the street next week. But we're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. And so I've been the formless and void type. I was the type who felt very empty, unfulfilled, unsatisfied. Therefore, I went to many different things, right? I did drugs. I did uh, the whole alcohol scene and relationship scene, looking for a purpose, looking for something to satisfy me, sustain me, right? But all of it let me down. It let me down and it left me empty and probably emptier than I was before I had even tried to fill the void. But again, just believe me, I've, I've been there, formless and void, until I let God create in me something new. Until I let God create in me a new heart. Until I let God into my life and he started to expose the flaws. Check out verse 3, and this is um, or this of Genesis, but it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was, help me, light. We're not getting into a big creation, seven-day creation study right now, but just the simple principle is that in the beginning there was God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all the matter, right? It was formless and void. And then in the beginning, what we could say, if you take notes, God turned the lights on. I mean, again, if you have kids, you could probably relate with this, right? It's the middle of the night, you're thirsty, you don't have any water. So you're like, I'm just going to go to the kitchen, but all the lights are off. But you're like, but it's my house. I know how to get to the kitchen and to the water. Uh, but on your way there, it's like, ah, a Lego, right? Ah, oh, got you. You didn't see that Lego coming. But then you're like, ah, whatever. It's just one thing. And oh, man, a Hot Wheels car. I almost slipped on the Hot Wheels car. And then you get stabbed in the foot by a Barbie hand, right? But it's like, but then you turn the lights on and you realize all of a sudden what you were tripping over all of a sudden, right? See, God wants to do that in your life. He wants to take what's formless and void. He wants to turn the lights on and he wants you to see, hey, this is what's tripping you up, right? That's what happened for me. All of a sudden I realized, like, God turned the lights on. I'm like, man, this is why I don't have any money because I'm spending it all on drugs and alcohol and people who don't love me. Right? Like, like, I'm doing all that stuff. And so, for anyways, God turns the lights on. And so, but this is what I love about it. Here's how the lights came on. He speaks. Are you listening to God today? And I'm not saying, are you listening to me? I'm not God, but I'm trying to represent his word to you. Are you listening to God today? Are you hearing from him? I think so often, especially in my time in young adult ministry, people would say, but God, uh, Nick, I'm not hearing from, from God right now. I just feel like I haven't heard from him in a long time. I just feel distant. And my first question is like, well, when's the last time you read the Bible? I don't know, a few months ago. And so, you know, for me as a pastor, I'm just like, well, you realize that this is a book filled with God's words, right? That he spoke to men to write down so that we could read his words to us today. You know, and I, I say that, but it's like, that's the truth. So, so often we think like, well, how can I hear from God? How can I get that light into my life? How can I get some meaning and purpose rather than formlessness and void and emptiness, right? It's like, well, just let God speak. Let him speak into your life. Let there be light. And there was. And I just love the fact about how God speaks and there was light. Um, let's just read on for a few more verses and we'll actually wrap up here in a few minutes. But verse four says, and God saw the light. That the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. 
So we see time even being created in there. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so, and God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under heavens, under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which their seed, each according to its kind on earth. And it was so, and the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which their seed uh, is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. The whole idea here going on is God speaks, and life happens. God speaks and life happens. You want some life? You want some purpose? You want some direction? Let God speak into your formless void. Fill it and turn the lights on and help you realize what's messing you up. And he'll start to guide you on your way. I never thought that I'd be a pastor. I didn't think I'd be here preaching in Texas. Remember I told you I didn't want to come to Texas. I Texas. I came here for Tyler's wedding to welcome uh, just kidding. No, it's his, that's uh, her cousin. And so we did come out for his wedding. I was like, we'll pray about it and we'll see what happens. And I was kind of like Jonah, right? Jonah just dips out. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to Nineveh. No, nah, man, not Texas. Um, but then God changes their heart. I didn't get swallowed by a whale, luckily. But anyways, the whole idea here is that God speaks and there's life. And he wants to do that to you today, you and me. And, and it's not something that stops. It's not something where, hey, I've gotten enough God speaking life into my, my uh, life. It's, it doesn't stop there. As a Christian, it's like when you become a Christian, you invite Jesus into your heart. Like, is that the end? No, I would say that that's just the beginning. God's like, all right, cool, you're down. Ride together, die together. You sure? You sure you count the cost? All right, well, let's do this. Let's go. COVID-19 day, we came out here. And then it's like, you know, Jesus doesn't slow down. And it's like, this is, for us, this is just the beginning. But man, what I want you to know is that God wants to do something similar, but maybe radically different in your life. He wants to speak life. He wants to give you purpose. You were created on purpose by God who always was, always is. Again, like he doesn't make mistakes. Um, it's just um, it's comforting to me. One verse I wanted to hit tonight um, is John chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Again, the Word. God, God and His Word have always been, is what this is saying. You take Genesis 1 and John 1, you put them together. The, the clear thing that he's saying is God's Word has always been here, and God has always been here. And again, the, the idea that we can get tonight is that God wants to give us life. He wants to give us life and abundant life. And that's what he wants to do with us. So, um, I'm, yeah, we'll save the rest for next week. And I want to get into a study that I want to call in the beginning, us. God created us. He created humans, right? Adam and Eve. And so we're going to get into that idea next week. And then the week after, we're going to get to, in the beginning, sin. 
see the fall of man. Something went wrong. Um, and then we're going to get to, in the beginning, this, the solution, Jesus. And so this is going to be our four-week series. But again, my, my hope for you tonight is that you would just maybe take some time this week and just sit back and just think about God. Like, don't even think about God in you necessarily. Just think about God. Try to comprehend as you look up at the stars that there's a God who is outside of that holding on to the universe. Scripture says in Colossians 1.16 that all things um, were made by him and for him and all things are held together by Christ. Like Jesus is holding this crazy, chaotic universe together. And then if you want to know how it's going to start to go down and end, start to read Revelation. I think we're living in some interesting times where I think we could very well see these prophecies that have been prophesied of thousands of years ago. Um, like John writing it down and 2,000 years ago, Revelation, right? I think we could see a lot of it come to pass um, in our lifetime. And so I just think it's incredibly important that you guys just pour into a relationship with God. There's a God who loves you. He cares for you. He sent his son to die for you on a cross. Uh, and he, again, he died. He was buried. He resurrected. And scripture says, Jesus said himself that I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he says, if I'm going away to prepare a place for you, behold, I'm going to come again. Jesus is coming back, guys. He loves us too much. And uh, anyways, amen. amen. I don't know if that even makes sense, but I hope it did. But let's stand, let's pray. And we're going to close with one song uh, here tonight. So Father, we thank you for your word. And we just pray that your word uh, planted seeds in our heart, God. Lord, I pray that uh, whatever you needed to speak to, to all of us, God, that we received it, Lord, that we would chew on it throughout the week, Lord, think about it. But God, help us to think about you, God. I pray over this next week, God, that you would reveal yourself to us in a more powerful way than we've ever seen or experienced or understood, Lord, and that we would just be, be awestruck. God, we love you, and uh, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.